Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Ford Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but... But we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickheads, you could say. It's just it's, they're just <laughs> there's good racing and I enjoy it. Mm. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to the show this week. Andrew Van Leeuwen joining us from motorsport.com. And, of course, Andrew, uh, I think there is a few other ways we can get to your information on the website, but that's probably the easiest. Sure. Yep, that's definitely the best way to find, uh, best way to find it. Just motorsport.com. And uh, from well, I don't know. Do we still call it race facts? Tony Whitlock joins us as well. Well, maybe we'll just spell it with CTS now. <laughs> Guys, uh, certainly interesting times coming out of the uh, Bathurst One Thousand and uh, into the Gold Coast, the final round of the. Uh, Pertec Cup, the Endurance Cup, and uh, I'm still wondering, Andrew, you satisfied with a three-race Endurance Cup, or do you think there's scope to have more? Well, it's a it's a it's a difficult one, really, because I guess um, it is great, and right now, yeah, you say oh, I just want more of this. You know how good is it? These two driver races are fantastic, and it just creates an extra news cycle and, and an extra element of interest, having additional drivers taking part, but. Would it get to a point where you know if if you oversaturated, does the interest disappear? I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, short and sweet, but maybe that's what makes it so sweet and, and makes it such an interesting time of year. So I think it's uh, I think it's probably it's probably about right. It comes up at a critical time in the championship too, Tony. And unlike say uh, another series which has a split in it, which you saw this year over at uh, Spa comes up you know in a very short period of time it's not spread over the whole length of the championship like in the blank pain series yeah look and, and realizing of course that one of the things that drives something like an endurance cup is the team owners and having to find the money for second drivers i think you'd probably find that they would all say no more because they'd have to be digging out more money for those co-drivers for what they would see as not a lot more benefit I mean, when you think about where the cars are going next, gee, wouldn't it be terrific to be going to a two-driver two race at Phillip Island, for instance? Well, we used to have that, but anyway. Um, but uh, I think the condensed format, as I agree with Andrew, I think the condensed format of these three very different tracks, you know, they each have their, their strengths and weaknesses, and they provide a real challenge to all the teams to actually get their heads around having them as two-driver races. So I think it's good what it is. And with that, are you looking forward to seeing James Courtney back in the HRT car? As it's uh, been reported that he has got his medical clearance. And uh, yeah, look, I think mean, I think it's a terrific thing that he's back. I mean, you'd almost have to say he must be the unluckiest driver in this pack, considering his last time out of the seat. And how many times have we had drivers twice have accidents and have to, in their short careers? have to climb out to, to recover. Quite mm. extraordinary. And, and the problem is, your career is so short, losing three, four, maybe even ten races, Andrew, is a is a big chunk of your motor racing oh, ab- life. 
Absolutely, it is. And, uh, and yeah, it's definitely great news that, that James is back for this weekend. I really, really hope that he is absolutely fit enough. And I think we have to trust that the team have, have, you know, I haven't seen the medical records. We have to trust that the team are very, very comfortable because the Gold Coast is a very difficult place to be making a comeback for injuries uh, like the ones that, that James sustained because we're talking about re- rib and lung injuries and a circuit where... A, you're using the curbs a lot. The cars are bouncing over the curbs a lot. And B, the walls are very closed. There's a lot of non-regular drivers in the field. We're talking about a fairly high risk of crashes, of carnage, of hitting the wall, all things that, that I hope uh, can't possibly ag- re-aggravate the, uh, the injury and make it worse. Hopefully he's healed to a point where that's not a big issue because otherwise it would be a, a huge risk to be putting him back in the car. But like I say, I think we just have to trust the, the, the team and the doctors that they are really, really comfortable he's getting back in and hope that he does have a trouble-free weekend and he's, uh, and he's good to go for the, uh, for the remainder of the year. Mm. Tony, does it perhaps make a mockery of the uh, importance of the Endurance Cup where you have a combination, Perkins, Ingle, that has scored points in two rounds, but they've said, no, it's not worth anything. Why would we bother keeping that combination for the final round and allowing our main driver just get that little bit extra of recuperation? Um, Oh, look, you know, there are extraordinary circumstances, and I think you've got to allow some sort of a latitude in the way things are done. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, I, I don't like the man. I don't think I've ever been backward in saying it. But I think Ingle will bring something to Cam Waters um, in uh, teaching him uh, the streets of uh, Service Paradise. Um, so that's a benefit to them. Um, HRT obviously uh, had released him, otherwise he wouldn't have been able to put his hand up. Um, so, you know, I think they're plus pluses all round. Mm. The race this weekend, we'll talk about that right after this break here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, Through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Tony Whitlock and Andrew Van Leeuwen. And, guys, the race itself, it's, it's a punishing race. Do we expect to see a large drop in the numbers of cars finishing these races, either by accident or mechanical breakdown? It seems like, Tony, that in the first year of the car, or the first couple of years of the Cars of the Future, they've been bulletproof. But this year, it has. we have seen technical failures purely because I think the teams are finally starting to get to the end of the engineering limit. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things at Bathurst, of course, was it wasn't that the cars, I think, were handling that much better this year than last year um, over the, the top, where, you know, the first year, of course, many drivers were very uh, uh, wary of a car that felt very skittish in the back end. Um, but now they're becoming far more used to them, far more comfortable with them, so therefore they're actually able to extract that much more out of them. I don't think 
um, there'll be a higher attrition rate dramatically than in the last couple of years. Um, I think that uh, certainly there may be uh, the odd guy who... Because there are a few debutants on the, the streets of uh, surfers in a V8, and so a couple of those guys might find the walls a bit too often. <laughs> Andrew, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. I think there's... Uh, I don't see any reason why we're going to see cars breaking down uh, any more often this weekend. Particularly, I had a bit of a look at the uh, the weather forecast before. It's not going to be overly warm. There's actually a chance there might be a bit of rain and stuff around as well. And that leads into what, what we can say. The reason that, that often on the Gold Coast we don't see a lot of cars finishing is because what might be a small accident somewhere else becomes a big accident that involves a lot of cars on a circuit like the Gold Coast because uh, it's so narrow there. The walls are so close to the circuit. So someone making one small mistake has the potential to take six or seven cars out of the race, which if you did the same thing at Phillip Island and, and, and fell off the road somewhere, you're probably just going to have an accident on your own. So that, that's that's one area in which we might see less cars finishing, but I don't think there's going to be any sort of uh, mechanical additional mechanical uh, attrition this weekend. Mm. Now, Andrew, uh, Tony gave us his thoughts about Ingle to Pro Drive, but what about yours? Yeah, look, I think it was the, uh, it was the right decision for the team. Obviously, they needed somebody to come in to replace Chaz. Cam's very fast, but he's very young. Uh, so I think getting a guy as experienced as Russell was the right was the right plan, particularly given the fact that he's got such good recent experience as well. Because you know he jumped out of the car less than two weeks ago, or out of a car anyway. So um, so I think it was definitely the right signing. I would like to see the exact timeline on uh, on when HRT decided that they weren't going to need Russell, and when he had been approached by ProDrive, and see if there was any let's say cheekiness on uh, on on the blue side in terms of approaching Ingle, but at the end of the day, HRC have got Courtney back. Ingle's the right man to be going to uh, to Pro Drive for the weekend. I don't think, you know, they've got good car speed, that team. I don't think uh, Russell and Cam are going to go there and blow everyone away, but I think there's no reason why they won't be sort of there or thereabouts, uh, you know, across the weekend as well. Of course, the question I have is, Andrew, Pro Drive had a Bathurst winner sitting on the sidelines doing driver coaching. Was Paul Morris never the right person for the job? I don't know. I don't know how the meetings went down. Um, I'm sure his name would have come up. I absolutely think that would have been the case, although I can't uh, I can't say that 100%, but I would imagine it would have. Um, he would have been a good signing, and it could still be that they still need a driver for Sydney um, because uh, I don't know how it works with, with Cam and, the, and, and wanting to, to seal the DVS title and how many main series races he can do, but I think Sydney's one that he's not going to be able to do. Um, so it could be that someone like a Paul Morris might still get a call up to jump in the car for uh, for Homebush to finish off the season. But at the end of the day, I think just the fact that that Russell has already done the endurance races, and I have to say, you know, love him or hate him, did a pretty good job at Sandown and Bathurst as well. Um, I, I can I can understand why he was the first uh, the first number that they were ringing uh, when they you know when the dust sort of settled on on the fact that that Chaz wasn't going to be fit and they were going to need a replacement. Mm. I seem to remember somewhere um, that Paul has actually said that I think this is his last year in the development series as well, meaning that he's sort of coming to the end of his active career in V8s. As opposed to Russell, who took a television job. Well, yeah, but uh, there's also a a difference of weight and um, trimness and... um, the ability to get in and out of cars quickly. Yeah, and obviously, uh, to be crude about it, you have Russell Ingall 
in your team, you have a significant increase in your coverage because he's working for Fox Sports. He's basically becoming an embedded journalist in the team and your sponsors reap the benefits. And for a team that is looking for some extra money, it goes a long way. Brings also an interesting point. Um, I, you know, I, I know you wanted to talk at some stage about drivers for 2016, but I, um, I, a, a delicious, a really delicious uh, scenario I've seen is that you know we know Slade's going to Brad Jones, and that the, the strong possibility is Super Cheap's going to end up at ProDrive. Um, I just think it would be absolutely wonderful if, uh, if Reynolds ended up in the Super Cheap Drive, because for the first time then since Russell. Was uh, got out of the super cheap car. It would be somebody who brings something to it, and you know, Davy Reynolds is probably a typical super cheap uh, buyer. Mm. Yes, well, that was said when David Reynolds left the Bundaberg Rum car for uh, Fabian Coulthard. Yeah. Perhaps they just got rid of a driver that actually drank their product. <laughs> I, we do need to move on, uh, but before we do take a break, uh, Andrew, do you have a winner for us at the Gold Coast 600, realising that there's two races? I think on car speed, sorry to give you the boring answer, but because I'm going first, I guess I can. It's probably going to be hard to go past Winterbottom, uh, go past Winterbottom and Owen and Steve Owen there, I think just on car speed. If you had to pick a favourite, that's where you would. Uh, that's where you'd definitely be. Um, of course, they might play it safe, and uh, and it could give the likes for you know Lowndes and Richards to cap off, cap off the endurance season with more with with more success. But I reckon they're the sort of uh, that's the sort of direction you've got to be looking in terms of winners. Mm. What about you, Tony? Well, it's interesting that you know the top three in the points championship all have got season form. You know, obviously Lowndes and Winterbottom from the last two races, Reynolds has won again this year. Um, so that those three guys have all got that season form you need. Lowndes um, hasn't won at the Gold Coast for a couple of years, I don't think. Um, certainly Winterbottom has, as has Davey. Um, so that those three probably are the most likely, you know, that, um, to be up there on the podium. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, but no matter how you dice it, you're expecting it to be a battle out of four cars and... And yeah. hasn't changed much for a while now. We'll take a break here on Inside Supercars. Plenty more when we return. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Motorsport. It's motorsport.com's Andrew Van Leeuwen. And Andrew, uh, of course, the uh, story of Tuesday was the confirmation that Craig Lowndes won't be in Red Bull, but he'll be in the uh, Caltex Vortex car colours as part of the Triple Eight race engineering package for 2016. And, of, of course, it is 
the continuing release of information about the 26 cars that will make up the field in 2016. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, I think uh, I think it was probably the fairly obvious solution with Shane Van Gisbergen joining that Triple Eight team that they would shift Lowndes to the third car, and I say third car in terms of branding uh, rather than you know it's not going to be receiving any less love uh, than the Red Bull cars. But you know the reason why that was an obvious choice is because in Craig Lowndes you've got the most marketable driver. In Australia, um, so when you're turning up into boardrooms and standing in front of marketing managers trying to convince them to hand over, you know, pretty serious sums of money, because I don't reckon Roland does discounts uh, for uh, for full signage on his cars. Uh, it's it's Craig Lowndes is the guy you want in there with you, because everyone recognises him, everyone loves him. He's fantastic at speaking, he's fantastic at engaging people, uh, and he would have been easily. Uh, the, the the driver that that was most simple to sell to a new sponsor. So I think the fact that he's the one who's going to be shifting brands makes makes perfect sense. And then you've got the two younger guys because um you know Bathurst winner Craig Lands is absolutely no spring chicken. You've got the two younger guys promoting the young brand, which is Red Bull. So I think that's an absolutely perfect uh, perfect fit in terms of Lounge and fitting him in, or fitting I should say fitting Van Gisbergen in for that team. Um, and yeah, that's our that's our 26 cars essentially because you know the entries have gone in. Everyone's uh, agreed that they're going to well that their their wrecks will be used in one way or or another. But I think there's still a bit to play out in terms of where wrecks actually uh, end up next season because mm. obviously Super Black still need one. And I think we're going to still see some movement because the deadline was only to enter the wreck and commit to it being used, not to anybody specifically using it. If that makes sense. Mm. And Tony, it, it gets to your point that. We know a number of the drivers, we know a number of the sponsors and cars, but, uh, well, David Reynolds is on a, uh, you know, he is on a a knife's edge because you start the weekend at Bathurst with the talk that he's going to be re-signed with with, uh, Pro Drive Racing Australia. Of course, uh, Thursday pretty much put everything on hold in that in that side of things yeah look i i don't think that'll play out i think rod nash uh i've known him for 20 years and i think that he wouldn't allow that to influence his uh, his direction too much i mean everyone can make a faux pas and davy really hasn't made that many of them i mean he's been out there with comments that are not borderline but you know pretty wild sort of things but you know the size, the size of the penalty was the stupidity of that whole scenario. Yes, give him a penalty, but twenty-five grand. Now that's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's blokes running around the NRL who've done far worse to members of the public, and and, uh, and they've got off damn near scot free in comparison. So I don't think that. Look, the one terrific thing, and and uh, I like to look at the whole package as a, as a performance package, and when you look at it. You know, Coulthard is a better driver now coming out of Brad Jones's than he was coming in there from Walkinshaw's. Um, Slady is probably a better driver coming out of Walkinshaw's going into Brad Jones. But both those drivers have gone to places that will build them up. Slady will improve enormously having Brad Jones as a coach there. In the same way, Coulthard will having Penske, the overall Penske power behind him. In the same way, Will Power has developed. And I think that's fantastic that those two young drivers... You know, Shane is probably, he's going to be in the right place to develop even furthermore where he's going, in that he's going to have a competitor that he has to go out and beat every day sort of thing. And the same with Jamie. He's got somebody that, you know, genuinely he wants to go and beat because Shane is the man who is most feared in that paddock. 
you only had to watch it. I just just today watched some more of of um, in the wet, and the way drivers were just moving over for Shane when he was coming through was just extraordinary. <laughs> Not that they were moving over, but he was putting his car in a place where they had to move over. Mm. So I think next year it, it really looks fantastic with a lot of drivers in much stronger positions, and they will improve. Yes. It is going to be interesting. Super Black Racing, um, of course, they're in with Pro Drive Racing Australia at the moment, but Pro Drive Racing Australia only has three licences, Andrew, and the the speculation on where that could all play out has been uh, one of the more interesting parts of Silly Season. Uh, yeah, well, definitely. Well, I mean, I guess there's two ways that it can play out from here, and it's that, you know, the Super Black guys take their uh, take their, their branding, I guess, their, their team for lack of a better term, to or elsewhere where there is a wreck, or that they, they bring a wreck in and re-sign with ProDrive, which I would think is probably more likely. I think there could be wrecks out there. You know, we don't know necessarily what Walkinshaw are definitely going to do next year, what Erebus are definitely going to do next year. Um, you know, you could extend that all the way to, to BJR. Are they still going to have three cars? Probably. But, you know, there are options for, for wrecks. So, I, as I said before, I think there's still a fair bit to play out in terms of where licences go um, before before the uh, the dust sort of settles and, and, and we know exactly where we stand for 2016. Mm. A driver that maybe 12 months ago you would have thought would have been a lock to replace Tim Slade or even to move into the Walkinshaw stable, Nick Perkett has decided to stay with LDM. That's an interesting one, Tony. Yeah, and I think it's a terrific move um, for, for both of them. Um, Nick spends uh, probably half his weekend in the uh, Walkinshaw garage. Maybe he'll sort of spend more time in LVM in future, but um, I think that he'll uh, he'll benefit from being in a place and knowing he's going to be there for, uh, for another year. Um, they're, they're clearly improving as a team, and it guarantees him that um, he's going to have some continuity the first time for a while. Andrew? Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think it's a good place for him to stay. Uh, he's obviously settled in there a little bit. He seems to have really sort of grown, not just as a driver, but as a personality this year. And I think he's enjoying sort of leading that team. Um, and I think that, you know, th- there'll be another big move for him in the future. Um, I think he is a genuine star driver. Um, and But, you know, one more year where he is is not going to hurt him. It's actually going to gonna help him and, uh, and give him a chance to do something, you know, do something good in, uh, let's say ordinary machinery, uh, and then he's going to be poised for that, that big Coulthard-style move to a big team and, and go on and do something really special with it. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on Inside Supercars, but when we return, an interesting date clash that might have to be resolved at some stage fairly soon. I hope you stay with us. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Bought Radio Facebook page... Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. 
Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock, Andrew Van Leeuwen and uh, Andrew... Uh, V8 supercars have been absolutely adamant. We're not going to worry about the MotoGP. But when you see one of the greatest MotoGPs in the history of the sport run out at Phillip Island uh, like we did last weekend, are V8 supercars fooling themselves to think they uh, can run against this? Um, no. No, I don't think they're fooling themselves. I just think there's no real option. I mean, where do they, where do they change it to? Having, clashing with the MotoGP is absolutely not ideal. Um, but it is just a, sort of a symptom of, of having this more condensed calendar, which is a very good idea. So at the end of the day, you know, Gold Coast is, as it is this week, uh, this year, it's, it's sandwiched at two-week breaks between races. So it is, um, it is two weeks after Bathurst and it's two weeks before Pukekohe. So I just don't see where it can go because you can't go with, in terms of endurance races, you can't, you can't go week to week with those. There needs to be at least a week. It's, it's tight enough as it is. So I think it's, the clash is something that's a shame, um, but I can't see it changing. And, you know, MotoGP aren't going to change anything because they obviously group their races so that they're doing the, you know, the, a swing down through Asia and Australia all in one go to keep their transport costs down. Um, so I think it's just one of those things that is, that it, there's just nothing that can be done about it. It's just a shame. That's all it is. And um, if it was clashing with the Formula One Grand Prix, you would definitely, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that because you're just chasing after the exact same audience, essentially. Um, but I think with, with this, it's just a case of, yeah, that's a shame. Is it going to cost us a couple of TV viewers? Yeah, probably. Is it going to cost us anyone showing up at the track? Nah, probably not. So let's just deal with it and move on. Tony, you feel the same? Yeah, yeah. The geography means the two are, you know, 1,000-plus kilometres apart, so therefore it's not going to be people who are going to the track going to be affected. Um, exactly, yep. All right, then we do need to talk about Chaz Mostert. His recovery has seen him now move from orange. How long is this recovery going to take? He's had more surgery in the last five days. It's, uh, you know, is he going to be ready for Adelaide, Andrew? Um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, I have no great experience. I've never broken a leg. Uh, myself, so I have no great experience with recovery times and that sort of stuff. I don't think there's any great rush. I think it's good news that he is back, uh, that he is back in um, in Brisbane, you know, sort of close to family and that sort of stuff. That, that's a good move for him. But I don't think there's any great rush. There's absolutely no chance he's going to be back this year. They don't have to worry about that at all. They can just focus on getting him nice and fit for, for the start of the season next year. And I would think that he probably will be fit by by then. We saw, you know, a quick turnaround with James Courtney and his leg a couple of couple of years ago and, and you know, Mark Webber breaking his leg during the, the, the uh the Mark Webber challenge all those years ago and being ready, you know, having a real quick turnaround and being ready for the start of the Formula One season or start of Formula One testing. So I reckon that he'll be fine for, for Adelaide. I wouldn't think that's a concern. I guess the the biggest concern is mentally, Tony, how he'll be ready to get in the car and go quick straight away. Yeah, I think the um, the second piece of surgery was to do with a knee that was unrelated, but it was just that he was going to be recovering from that, so do it at the same time. So he was just lumping the whole lot together. Mm. So he'll just have one recovery. So, you know, he'll be, you know quite possibly stronger come uh, January and February than he, he was this January and February because he already had a knee problem of some kind. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I can't I don't think he'll have any problems. I think he's a straightforward kid that, you know, it'll be up and running and, you know, let's get into it. Uh, well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back. And in fact, uh, as he heals up, guys, uh, what odds do you give it? We will see him at least attend the uh, Homebush race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's pretty likely. There's a piss yeah, up at the end of it, isn't it? On the Monday, there's normally a good reason to turn up. I, I yeah. would think that he'll uh, he'll be at the Gold Coast at some stage in a wheelchair. All right, a break, and then a final thought or observation from our panel next. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page, and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought or observation, Tony Whitlock. Um, yeah, look, just um, the championship and, and all things. I mean, as I was saying before about form, the three drivers at the top of the points, uh, I think it'll probably be the same three drivers at the end of the season in the same sort of order. The gaps might be similar or thereabouts. Um, the great thing is, um, from the point of view, Mark has great form at the Gold Coast, at Pukukoi and at Homebush. Um, Philip Island, he's not been so good, whereas Craig has had good form there. Um, so I think you know the season will certainly uh, run out pretty well with uh, Pro Drive winning their first championship, which is terrific. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the way in which the last couple of pieces of the puzzle of 2016 you know, uh, how they fall into place. I mean, I hope that Moffat retains his seat because he's clearly the best of those uh, four cars. He's the only one that didn't have the upgraded engine at Bathurst and still showed the others up. Um, it, it, it'll be an interesting. I'm going to Pookie for my third V8 meeting for the year, so I'm looking forward to seeing them there. <laughs> and uh, I'll have a better idea on it all by that time, I hope. You have surprised me, Tony. I thought you would uh, have given us your view of, once again, how highly, what a high standard of our supercars are to the US racing that you just came back from enjoying. Oh, well, that's true as well. And, uh, I mean, obviously I grew up with Australian motor racing and uh, uh, American racing. They have some lessons to learn from us, I can tell you. (laughs) Well, Andrew Van Leeuwen, your final thought or observation? Uh, I just want to sort of say how impressive it is that the the Gold Coast 600 event has sort of found its place as a prestige event, even without a, a big international series or the international drivers and that and that sort of stuff. You know, I think it is. You know, we 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 criticise you know V8 Supercars as an organisation from time to time, um, and from time to time we're right to do so as well. But the fact that they've turned this into an event that we genuinely get excited about, even though it is. You know, and I use air quotes here, just a V8 Supercars event. I think that's a that's a pretty impressive thing. And you know, it's down to the to the people and the track and the atmosphere and the weather and all this sort of stuff. But the fact that you know, there's been opportunities where it might have just fell from the wayside, and it isn't. You know, I'm looking forward. I haven't been for a few years because I've been away. I'm looking forward to getting up there this weekend. It's going to be fantastic. And I think that's a that's a that's an endorsement for the category that uh, that it can stand on its own two feet at an event like that. 
uh, and you know, and it can still be something that we really look forward to. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Andrew, for joining us once again here on Inside Supercars. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. And Tony Whitlock, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks, Craig. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Until next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.